<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me. The warrior from Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Weathers, what's shaking? Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual. And yes, today is our very first official podcast for 2021. So we are beyond hype for this. And what more fitting way to sort of kick this off than to do a good old fashioned rapid fire episode. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with these rapid fires, what we try to do is pack as many topics as we can inside of 30 minutes. Now, sometimes we can do that and sometimes we can't, but we always do our best. Let's see how we do today. So first up, WandaVision. Now I did a uh, spoiler, not a spoiler discussion, I did a spoiler free uh, review that's available on YouTube right now if you wanna go check that out. But I sort of enjoyed it. I had some problems with it, but I wanted to see what you thought. I know that you didn't really uh, get a chance to watch it, Jay, but I kind of wanted to get your opinion on the concept of the show itself. What do you think? Well, apparently it's been split, you know, it's split audiences down the middle here and we're hearing a whole bunch of things right now. So I feel like there's they're, they're probably building up to something. And of course, they're really leaning hard into the like the start of what we think of the multiverse and, and the Marvel side. So I guess it might be a little too early, but there's too, too much mystery to it right now. Right, right. And, and you know, I think that it, there are plenty of Easter eggs for people who are familiar with the comics, right? So there are some sword references. There's a reference to AIM. There's a, a you know, reference to Mephisto. But if you're not familiar with comics, there's a lot that's probably gonna go over your head. I mean, there was plenty that actually went over my head and I'm familiar with a lot of the stuff. The other major complaint that I had kind of echoes what Jeremy John said on his uh, review of the first two episodes, which is that it relies very, very heavily on you being familiar with Wanda and Vision inside of the MCU. So if you've not seen like some of the Avengers stuff, if you've not watched like Captain America Civil War, some of the interaction within the sitcom is not gonna make a whole lot of sense to you. It's just gonna read like a bad sitcom. And so for that, I think it kind of, uh, you know, I kind of look at that as sort of like a weak point uh, mm -hmm. in the show, but we are only in the first two episodes. They've definitely got room for growth, room for development. So I'm going to continue to watch it and hopefully it does kind of pick up steam. My last uh, thought on this before we move on to our next topic, do you think this works as a miniseries or do you think there's going to be more seasons or do you think this would have been better as a movie? What do you think? Um, it's tough to say at this point because we've seen so little of the underlying theme of, of the story. It's really just, uh, at this point, just a tribute to 50s and 60s television. There's there's not really uh, a subplot that's really been revealed. So it's hard to say if it would work better as a feature or if this is something that you could flesh out over like multiple seasons. 
So uh, keeping it in the Marvel Universe, we're hearing all but confirmed that Chris Evans is signing on to do what? Two more appearances in the MCU? At least one is what has been reported in Deadline. It's not specified whether that's going to be like a Captain America feature or an Avengers feature, but they've said that he's in talks at least to do at least one more feature with the door being open to doing more. Okay, I just, um, I kind of have a problem with this. Couple things. One, I feel like Captain America's story arc has definitely concluded and I'm ready to move on. The other problem I have is like, does this tell me that Disney and Marvel don't have confidence in their upcoming movies such as like The Eternals, Shang-Chi and some of these other ones that they have to bring back you know, Captain America. That's totally possible, right? I mean, that was my initial thought when I kind of heard this news. Now, it's worth noting that Chris Evans himself has uh, gone on Twitter and said that the entire thing is news to him. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're wrong. All the major trades have been kind of like talking about this. We know that Marvel and DC both have histories of actors saying one thing and then it turns out to be another thing. So yeah. it's still highly probable that these talks are taking place. But um, my initial thought was that, okay, maybe Marvel is uh, going back to a familiar sort of cornerstone character to sort of bolster this next phase because we really don't have like a centerpiece yet for the next phase. But then I thought, you know, we've got some of these MCU shows like Falcon and Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. We've got Loki, you know, as far as the features go, we've got Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. And so there's a possibility that he might show up in one or all of these things. My money is on him showing up in Loki, since we know that this is sort of a time travel, sort of a time cop based storyline. It's yeah. possible that maybe Loki goes back to the 40s or goes back to the 50s during a time where Steve Rogers has decided to return and stay with Peggy to see what goes on during that time period. You know, the possibilities really are endless, yeah. but until we get a little more information, I mean, who knows? Could be interesting. And we got one more uh, bit of uh, Marvel news again, not 100% confirmed that Charlie Cox Daredevil is going to be in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, this is an interesting one because, you know, we know that Netflix kind of put a moratorium on all these characters and sort of there, there was a proviso in the contract with Marvel that uh, these characters could not be used for two years. So I know that the contract, as far as like the, the that two year limit has already expired, but we've, you know, sort of expected Feige to bring Daredevil into the MCU, but a different version of Daredevil, not Charlie Cox's version. So this news is a little oh. bit surprising. A couple of things worth noting. So this story sort of originated on a podcast called the Phase Zero Podcast, where the host of that has said that he has sources that are on set in Spider-Man 3 that have confirmed that Charlie Cox is part of the production and that he's finished rapping. But what hasn't been specified is is he in Spider-Man 3 as Daredevil or is he playing another character? Another question is, maybe he was on set, but maybe he wasn't part of the film. Maybe he was just visiting the set. Oh, you know, Disney hasn't yeah. confirmed anything. 
So while a number of trades are kind of running with the story, there's no like definitive answer from Kevin Feige or anybody at Marvel or Disney about this. So we'll just have to wait and see what kind of unfolds. Absolutely. So uh, now let's shift gears over to Godzilla versus Kong. Right. This was a bomb that <laughs> dropped last week. And of course, the Kaiju community was going nuts. So it is confirmed. Yes, Godzilla vs. Kong is still going to be on HBO Max, part of the whole um, Warner Brothers film slate deal for 2021. And they did settle that lawsuit with Legendary. And that deal was Godzilla vs. Kong will stay on streaming while Dune will go to theaters, which is terrific. But Godzilla vs. Kong was originally coming out May 21st, and now it's moving forward to March 26th color me excited however <laughs> however no trailer to be found other than a two second clip of something that leaked before on an hbo max promo so mark what are your thoughts <laughs> so this kind of falls for me this kind of falls under the category of um i will believe it when i see it so this, the dates for for this have moved around so many times. There's been so much drama around this film that, you know, you don't know what to believe. So yeah, until yeah. it gets like really close and we actually do start to see trailers and we start to see some hype for it from HBO Max, then I'll believe it. But until then, I'm like, well, we'll see what they say next week. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm excited just for the fact that um... At least this is definitely happening. We did see a two-second clip. I'm sure we'll get a Super Bowl, maybe, or excuse me, a trailer during the Super Bowl or something. But I'm glad we're getting it early, if it is indeed true. And um, if it is, in fact, true, we will have to do a watch party of some sort when this comes out. Absolutely. Very, I'm very much looking forward to it. I know I, I'm going in with low expectations. I really don't feel like the studio has faith in this movie, which is why... This movie's kind of getting the shaft, it seems. But you know what? I'm either way. I'm all. I'm here all for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's curious that they moved it up as opposed to pushing it back. You know, usually yeah. when uh, a studio doesn't have faith in a in a film, they try to like push it back so that they have more time to do to make changes or to do whatever they need to do. I don't know what this says about the film necessarily, you know, like pushing it forward. Maybe they do have a lot of confidence in it. Um, or it could be a, a situation where, you know, maybe it's filling in a gap where something else needs to be moved and they need something to sort of keep subscribers interested. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because this is a perfect segue into our next topic that with Godzilla vs. Kong coming out March 26th, remind you. Zack Snyder wasn't the studio. It was Zack Snyder said that um, Justice League was going to be coming out March 25th. Right. So I don't know if we're getting both movies or if Justice League's getting moved. So speaking of Justice League. Right. Initially, this was going to be a four-hour miniseries. Now it's going to be a four-hour long movie dropping on HBO Max. Uh, we haven't got the official date. Originally, we were told from Zack Snyder March 25th. Now... Let's see if that still holds true. What are your thoughts of now this being a full movie instead of a four-hour miniseries? I got to admit, it's a puzzling move. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the idea or the concept of, like, kind of making this 
um, a mini series and breaking it up into multiple episodes would have been better for the for the channel, right? It would have been better if you could take this and break it up into weekly segments to keep people talking, to keep people interested. But that said, maybe there were like uh, reasons in terms of the story arc and the pacing and having it flow a certain way where it didn't lend itself well to a series. I trust that Snyder like wanting to get it right this time has just sort of decided like, look, you know, let's let's just make it a four hour long film. And if people just kind of want to watch it in segments that way they can. But uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, to wrap my thoughts on this particular topic here is, remember, it was announced it was going to be a miniseries, what was it, like back when the DC fandom came out. And that was before all the movies dropped, uh, Warner Brothers movies dropped on 2021. I think that's the main reason why. I feel like maybe Warner Brothers and, and HBO Max decided, hey, we don't have to do a miniseries now. Uh, we can just release the movie because we have plenty of content coming out every month. We don't right. have to spread out these episodes. That's what I think. I think that's that was the main decision of why to do it. You know what? I'm all for it. And I'm glad that it's going to be Zack Snyder's vision realized in a four-hour cut. I am there. Right on. Right on. Right on. And now that I think about it, I think that uh, there may be, may be a cost issue, too. Because we know that initially they said $30 million was going to be the budget. Then it was 70 Then it was 100 And so maybe... Uh, to sort of mitigate these costs, they kind of scaled back the idea of of production and kind of changed their plans on that. So it's anybody's guess. I'm sure that those uh, details will unfold soon. Absolutely. And next, this is the news that made me fall out of my chair. I never thought I would get this excited on, on pictures <laughs> released from Entertainment Weekly. So we finally got a first look at the Mortal Kombat reboot. No trailer, but enough content in there just made me fall out of my chair. Mark, please, please, please give me your thoughts on the all the Mortal Kombat news that just blew up the internet. Yeah, so I'm with you on this one, man. Like normally, as you know, the idea of like a rating or like a gore level or any or a violence level in a film makes very little difference to me if there's no story. This is the exception. With Mortal Kombat, you have to have the fatalities. You've got to have the violence. You've got to have everything that's shocking and and mighty about it. And these pictures kind of confirm that we're going to get a, a taste of the real thing this time, as opposed to the 95 film, which I love, by the way. Mm -hmm. But this kind of gives us an idea of the overall tone and feel of what this yes. movie is going to be about. We also got a cast reveal as far as like who's going to play what role. And that was really interesting, too. You know, we find out that Louis Tan is actually going to yes. be playing a brand new uh, character that's not part, as, as, at least I, as I understand it, he's not a part of any of the games. Is no. that right? A brand new character named Cole. And shout out to Titan Goji because he brought up some good points on Twitter. Because we, we said for months that we all initially thought that the rumors were that Louis Tan was going to be Johnny Cage. And I right. thought he would, he's the ideal. He's perfect for a new Johnny Cage. And this character Cole that he's playing has all the traits of Johnny Cage, except instead of being a washed up actor, he's a washed up MMA fighter. Right. So I, I have to tend to agree that I think this is kind of a missed opportunity 
to have him play Johnny Cage and Johnny Cage is nowhere to be found in this movie, but I will definitely give it a chance. And looking at the other characters, despite the Steve, Far excuse me, the Steve Harvey memes, <laughs> <laughs> I still feel that based on the pictures, a lot of care was put into the look and the feel of these characters. And I am stoked. Right. I agree. While, you know, some of the casting initially like had me in doubt after seeing some of these pictures and some of the screen grabs and stuff like that, um, it really kind of uh, allayed some of those fears for me, you know, particularly like the, um, the picture of Sub-Zero and Scorpion, like before they become Sub-Zero and Scorpion, yeah. like that is, you know, it made me Which like- Which we never got in the first movie, by the way. Right, right. That's the thing, that is the one thing that I was anticipating in the original movie that was like a huge disappointment we never got. Well, here we're gonna get that. And so just seeing that one picture alone got me really hyped. So I, I, I for one, can't wait for this thing. And along with that, in that Godzilla versus Kong uh, footage that we got, we also did get footage of Sub-Zero making the um, the icicle there. So, right. um, but yeah, I'm absolutely, we are here for it. And yes, it's gonna be April 16th. And yes, we will do a watch party on this channel. Master Persino says he's on board with that. Speaking of Master Persino, great segue. He recommended a really, really great movie. Uh, it was called In Full Bloom. He shared it with you and then you shared right. it with me. And I took the time to watch it on uh, Amazon Prime and I absolutely loved it. So real quick, In Full Bloom, highly, highly recommend it. If you want, uh, it's a boxing movie that takes place in post-World War II. Uh, an American boxer, uh, light heavyweight, by the way, he agrees to a fight with a fighter in Japan, and it's supposed to be a fixed fight because he made a deal with the Yakuza. But the fighter, he doesn't want to lose. He wants to go in and fight to win. So it brings a really, really great dynamic, and we get a great training montage. We sympathize for both fighters, and cinematography is beautiful. The symbolism is there. The fight is an is a excellent, excellent finale. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, if you're anyone who's a fan of martial arts and boxing, uh, this is a must watch. Yeah, the trailer definitely uh, got me interested in it. I haven't been, I've been so busy the past like few weeks that I haven't really had time to sit down and watch this one, but it's definitely on my list and hearing from you that it is as good as it looks definitely makes me more excited about it. Yeah, I will say this. So when you deal with a movie with uh, martial artists, you got, you gotta like understand that the acting won't be on par to like you know your standard hollywood acting and whatnot so i will say this the acting is a little is is not the best per se but again what we have in the lack of acting we don't totally mix up for it in the um in the cinematography and the fight absolutely um, so, so just go in knowing like okay these are martial artists the act the acting's limited but man again you're in for a treat i'd say solid, solid 7.5 out of 10 solid Sounds good. Sounds good. So last but not least, mm -hmm. we need to talk about No Time to Die. Um, what are oh. your thoughts on the current situation with that? Oh, I feel like God hates me or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so excited for this movie. As, and every time we get close to the release, it gets bumped and it's just killing me, man. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to see the Bond franchise die like this. And I don't, I, I mean, oh, 
it, it, I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty demoralizing. Granted, they didn't move it like a whole year, but it just concerns me because I feel like it's gonna, I just have a feeling that it's gonna get bumped again. I mean, sooner or later, like, some streaming service is gonna come along and dish out the money for it. That's just my, Mark, what do you think? Well, I mean, I have a, a few thoughts on it. I mean, for one thing, Barbara Bracoli, is that how you pronounce mm -hmm. her name? So she has been pretty adamant that this film not go to streaming. Uh, I, I believe that, you know, because so much money was spent on it and because they know the potential that can be made in a theatrical release in the proper environment, she still believes that it's worth it to wait as opposed to just kind of selling it. There yeah. have been multiple attempts to try to buy this by different streaming services, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple Plus, I believe just tendered an offer that was rejected. And so um, I think that this is going to continue to be moved. The, the big question for me though is, do all of these moves diminish the anticipation for this movie over time or do they sort of exacerbate that you know do they have the opposite effect do they make us want to see it more i for one want to see it more yeah. since it was first announced when it was originally planned to be released i was like eh, you know i could take it or leave it but as time has kind of gone on i've been like you know what i really do want to see this movie now i can't wait to see it now listen i have the utmost confidence this movie is going to be great i've seen enough all the trailers have been fantastic. I, I am sold. I'm a Bond fan. This is Daniel Craig's swan song. Rami Malek playing the villain. Yes. Like everything is set in motion for this to be the perfect Bond movie, the perfect send off to Daniel Craig. And it's just, it's killing me, man. And like my, it's not, I'm not saying that my patience is wearing thin. It was just demoralizing for me when this news dropped. Was right. I surprised? No, because Sony also said that Morbius was being bumped too. I understand. Sony doesn't want to stream their, their properties i get that but it's just this movie's been bumped so many times and we've already seen footage it's just like oh i just i just want to see it i don't at this point like i i would prefer to see it in the theater but i would not mind seeing it on streaming because you know what my dad's a bond fan too and he can't make it to a theater so i am not against this going to streaming but hopefully this will be the last time it will get bumped but i have a feeling it will get bumped again yeah, I'm kind of bracing for that as well. And on that note, I think that caps our rapid fire. So hopefully we we got there. <laughs> hopefully we got there inside of 30 minutes. So uh, real quick, before we uh, wrap this up here, we just want to say that uh, 2021 is loaded with a lot of good milestone lookbacks. And we're just saying right now, our next look back is going to be the 20th anniversary of Silence of the or No, excuse me, 30th anniversary of Silence of the Lambs. Right. And along with that, it's also the 20th anniversary of Hannibal, which came out in August. But uh, February marks the 30th anniversary of Silence of the Lambs. I'm really looking forward to digging into that movie deep, as well as Hannibal and all the other projects that were um, tied in with the Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal franchise. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, that movie, you know, pretty much terrified me as a young man, you know, watching it when it was first released. I can't wait to dig back into this film and see if it sort of brings up some of those same feelings as it did that long ago and to sort of dig into sort of the history of the production of this film. It's got it's going to be super interesting, so I can't wait. As well, one more thing too is we are excited about our upcoming live streams. 
Uh, on the 21st, uh, Mark's friend Todd Annabelli, who is a uh, rock photographer and has a lot of great stories from a lot of big name musicians, including Eddie Van Halen. I'm really looking forward to chopping up with him. And Adam from Scribe Productions will be coming the following Thursday on the 28th. And then on the 4th, I'm very excited. Ill Will, the drummer from Body Count, is joining Nerd Cage Live for a live Q&A. Holy smokes, man. Talk about a great way to start 2021. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you and I are both huge Body Count fans. And to sort of have Ill Will in studio with us is going to be amazing. <laughs> I absolutely can't wait. I have a ton of questions for him. I know that you do too. Yes. So anybody else that is a huge fan like we are that wants to ask him anything, check us out on that date. Absolutely. Again, February 4th. So before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread that shit like syphilis. So what do you want to say? From Louisville to Syracuse and to all of our fans and friends around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life. Stay safe and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live!